Never fell in love till I fell in love with you. No, no, the good time was I had a good time with you. They want it to feel, they want to get right, and the music's gonna allow for when the music hits, I feel no pain at all. Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 51. We've surpassed the 5-0 mark. I hope you guys made it through uh, <laughs> me and some people discussing 50 different state laws for beer. It's a little crazy out there. And speaking of different states, though, this week I am in California, sunny West Coast, California. Northern California, to be more specific, and I got a fun-filled episode uh, featuring a Northern California beer and a Northern California band that uh, pretty much helped shape the punk and ska scene of the 90s and today. Yeah, I said it. Super influential band I'm excited to talk about. And uh, super good beer. Well, hopefully. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm assuming it's going to be good. It's a porter. It's been a while. I was supposed to be joined by my friend Chad, but I texted him eight hours ago and haven't heard back from him. So hopefully he's okay. And uh, we're just going to get on, get on out of here without. I can't talk. Talking silly anyway. Uh, but we are going to keep this going and we're going to have a grand old time. And I'm going to move along right now because I really want to try this beer. And uh, without further ado... Here's a little preview of our main subject in the form of a song. Alright, get excited. Get excited. So first of all, I would like to let you know that I shipped back home 14 different <laughs> beers from California. Uh, flat rate boxes, folks. That's the way to do it. Uh, so I have a bunch of California beers coming up this month. We will call it uh, West Coast Episodes. Now that sounds stupid. We're not going to call it anything particular, but we're going to drink West Coast beers and uh, a lot of ones that you can't typically find in Michigan stores and other East Coast and Midwest stores. So you uh, Californians that listen to this, uh, here you go. Here's some of your local beers. And they, I mean, I have been to some of the breweries out here and I have not been disappointed. I will say there's a strange obsession. Uh, I mean, there's an overall nationwide obsession with IPAs. Uh, and it kind of felt like it was fading and a lot more bourbon barrel aged stuff was coming into play. Every place out here has like nine different IPAs. It's crazy. And uh, I went against the grain for the beer this week and went from Drake's Brewing Company, which is in San Leandro, California. And I went with a porter. It is Black Robusto. Robust porter. It's easy, like Sunday morning. 35 IBUs, 6.3% alcohol by volume. And I'm sure it's going to be delicious. I haven't had a porter in a very long time. I like porters because they're dark. They're very flavorful, but they're not as filling as a lot of stouts are. So always a good choice if you can find a good one. But let's crack this open. 
Whoop. Cap didn't want to come off. Uh, nice thing, too. This was only... <clears throat> I can't talk, but this was only bottled uh, on October 12th. So it's, what, three weeks old? That's pretty good. That is, uh, that is a fresh beer. As assumed, the very dark color. And a nice little tan head on there. Mmm. Smells good. I'm excited to try it. Big fan. Big fan of the porter. So let's let's give it a let's give it a shot. Let's put it in our mouth. Yeah, that's delicious. Um, there's not too many specific overpowering flavors. Uh, there's definitely a blend oatmeal, coffee, chocolate, but none of them jump out. Which is nice. I mean, it's not called a, a coffee porter or a chocolate porter or anything like that. Uh, it's just a porter. Um, you get a lot of those kind of dessert or, or breakfast taste, depending on what you eat for breakfast and when you drink your coffee. And they sit in the back of your throat in a good way. That's delicious. Drake's Brewing Company. I also have a double IPA by them that I might try later, too. I don't know. Roll the dice. See how the night goes. We're on West Coast time, and I'm recording this on Saturday, which means I get an extra hour of sleep tonight. So, you know, live your best life, folks. But Drake's Brewing Company, welcome to the podcast. That is a really good porter. Uh, thank you for making it. And you guys, if you are out in Northern California, go find Drake's Brewing Company. Stop by the brewery itself or stop by your local store and pick some up. I did learn... Uh, there's a, there are chains out here. The grocery stores are Safeways. Some Safeways have a really amazing selection of local beer. Others barely have craft beer at all. So that was a little, uh, that was a little sad. And none of the ones I've gone, gone to so far have a make your own six pack, which is really what I was aiming for. So I can get a real large variety of singles, but that's okay. I had plenty of variety of singles in my 20s. Am I right? Am I right? No, I'm not. I'm not right. Okay, let's move along. In the world of punk rock and ska, in the 90s there are two names that are a staple uh, as far as influences go for any bands that formed then uh, or even today and those names are tim armstrong and matt freeman original founders and members of operation ivy who we probably won't listen to because they were only around from 87 to 89 outside of the purview if you will of this podcast however uh, after forming a number of other bands, including Dancehall Crashers, which they then left. Fun fact, Dancehall Crashers was my first punk concert with Weston and MXPX. Anywho, um, they formed a band called Rancid in 1991. And Rancid has gone on to, to this day, are still around, uh, be one of the biggest, most influential bands in punk music. Uh and some of the members single-handedly have shaped some of the greatest sounds that you can find in modern punk music. So let's go back. 
where it all began in uh, 1991. Tim Armstrong and Matt Freeman after Operation Ivy up in Berkeley, California. Oh, what a coincidence. Northern California, where we're at right now. Where the beer's from. Hmm. Almost like this episode is themed. Yes? Yes. So, Tim Armstrong and Matt Freeman formed Operation Ivy, and that ran from 87 to 89. And if you don't know Operation Ivy, I'll probably play a song right now. Ready? Operation Ivy. There's a war coming down between my breasts and mine. I don't want no war going down, going down. that specific song is called unity and has been covered by probably more bands than I can name, uh, in the, in the nineties, punk rock and ska scene, including, you know, real big fish and Goldfinger and, and any number of other bands, uh, especially the pop punk phase. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if blink 182 pulled it out at a show, uh, blink 182, one of the many bands that rancid had toured with, uh, in the past and is late, I think 2011, they even toured with them. But so they formed Rancid, released their safe, safe their self-titled album Rancid uh, in 1993. And they were on Lookout Records, which was Operation Ivy's old label. Then they switched over to Epitaph Records, uh, which is Bad Religion's label. And if you know anything about 90s punk rock, you definitely know who Epitaph Records is. Uh, think like Vans Warped Tour and all those bands uh, that started on that. And that's who they released their self-titled album through in 1993 on Epitaph Records. The second album, though, is the one that really had commercial success and brought out their third album, which I think blew them up the most. But the second album, my personal favorite album, uh, while they were writing it, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, who was having plenty of success on his own right then, uh, helped write the song radio, which is amazing. And depending on how I edit this, you may have already heard the song or you may hear it later, but either way you will hear that song and you'll know because the chorus just goes radio, 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 radio. That's a good one. Um, and then when they tried to get Billy Joe Armstrong to come along with them, he was like, um, no, I don't think so. And so then Lars Fredrickson, who is now a member of Rancid, uh, joined the band. He was at the UK Subs at the time, which is another punk band. And Lars Fredrickson is another name that uh, has helped shape the punk rock scenes of today and yesteryear. And uh, then with, along with drummer Brett Reed, sorry Brett, didn't mean to leave you out in the beginning, uh, did their second album, Let's Go, in 1994. Uh, same year offspring put out the smash or not the smash, just smash. Uh, and Rancid actually toured with offspring in 94 in support of that album. So if you saw offspring when they did smash in 94, you saw Rancid open for them and oh my God, let's go had so many good songs on it. Uh, most of the songs you're going to hear in this podcast are from the album. Let's go. 
and they also got their first MTV video play for a show or a song called Salvation. Another great, everything on there is good. Um, by the time 2000 rolled around, and this is a couple albums later, that album reached gold as well. So they did a pretty great and actually ended up getting uh, pursued by a lot of people because the commercial success of that album at a time when we had like Green Day and Blink-182 really come into fruition. Uh, record labels were like, oh, here's another punk band doing really good. We got to sign them. So rumors started circulating uh, that Rancid was making ridiculous requests from these uh, labels and the A&R men and they're saying, you know, like, if you do this, we'll sign with you. Uh, some of those rumors, as rumored, um, they convinced a, one of the A&R men with Epic Records to shave his mohawk, which if you've ever grown a mohawk, that's a, that's a lot of dedication. And to shave it off is a big deal. Um, and then Madonna had a label at the time, Maverick Records. I don't know if it's still around. But the rumor was that they had Madonna send them naked pictures. And then uh, they ended up just staying on Epitaph Records anyway and told everyone to fuck off. Once again, this is all rumors. I don't know if this is true or not. I mean, we've all seen Madonna naked pictures, so I don't know if that's really a bargaining chip. Um, but the band stayed with Epitaph and put out their third album in 95 called And Out Come the Wolves. This had probably two of their biggest songs, uh, especially if you're a little punk rocker like me starting high school in 97. Uh, this was Time Bomb and Roots Radicals. Time Bomb was huge. Uh, people loved it. I was always a bigger fan of the Let's Go album, and I actually didn't know Time Bomb until way later, but that's because I, uh, I was a poser. So what are you going to do? And... They had a lot of success with that, but time bomb. Just because I keep saying it, let's let's hear a clip of that. See, if maybe maybe you know it too. So Time Bomb, uh, along with the other two singles from that album, and Out Come the Wolves from 95, uh, all three reached Billboard chart numbers. And that was the second album that done that, as Let's Go reached 97 on the Billboard's uh, 200. So they had been experiencing like enough commercial success to just you know be musicians and, and be a band and in the Northern California scene, which is funny. The transition, I don't know when it happened, but it clearly did. Because if you look at some of the history of uh, San Francisco and Berkeley and, and you think of, you know, Hate Nashbury and, and the Grateful Dead and, and hippies. But there is this huge punk scene. And we all think about like New York punk. But there was this, this big West Coast punk scene that was growing. And it wasn't even like Southern California West Coast. This was Northern California, like hippies. And I mean... There's, there's a lot to unfold there because hippies and punks like typically didn't get along. And now you have this whole punk rock scene, which is funny because they're both anti-establishment, but like 
punks are typically more violent against anti-establishment, whereas hippies are more passive against anti-establishment. There's a lot to unfold. And I'm probably talking out of my ass. So take that for what it's worth. But Rancid uh, was such an influential band. Uh, Operation Ivy, sometimes even more so, depending on who you talk to. And after uh, An Outcome the Wolves in 95, they continued to make music. They made their own record label, Hellcat Records, which they ended up putting out another self-titled album on. And they just made like little side groups. They did hiatuses and started uh, bands like The Transplants with Travis Barker and the drums. You might know him from Blink-182. So uh, tons of bands were all affected by Tim Armstrong, Matt Freeman, and Lars Fredrickson. And you know what? I'm going to say Brett Reed, even though, sorry, Brett Reed. I don't know what the hell you do other than drum. No offense, because I can't drum for shit. Just saying. I don't know. But uh, the self-titled album on Hellcat Records in 99 did not do super well. Um, Some might say it failed to achieve success like their previous albums. I don't know who these people are. Sometimes I read Wikipedia verbatim. You never know. But here's a track off of that album. You tell me. So Rancid continued to make albums and continued to make bands. There are countless side projects that these guys have started up, each member um, individually starting up these different bands that have gone on to be entities of themselves and have successful albums, and then they've come back and always just done Rancid as well. Uh, They've had an album out, uh, Troublemaker, which was released in 2017, and they're still together today. And these are some of like the... uh, OGs of punk rock. Is that a phrase? Do I sound real stupid? Good, because that's what I was going for. But they really are. They're, they're some of the original 90s. I got to stress that 90s punk rock people. I'm not talking about, you know, like the, the mid late 70s uh, punk stuff from UK and America. I'm just as far as 90s punk rock goes. This was one of the if not one of the most uh, or the most influential punk bands that was around, especially the band they had before this, Operation Ivy, that led into what Rancid was. Uh, Just really unbelievable. Uh, From ska bands to punk bands alike, everybody was influenced, uh, wanted to be part of uh, Rancid. Whether it was playing with Rancid, opening for them, touring with them, they opened for, like I said, Blink-182, Offspring. Uh, And this was not a coincidence. These bands knew each other and, and their sounds, and they're all inspired by each other, and you wouldn't have a lot of the bands that you have today or the bands that came out of the 90s uh, punk rock scene without Rancid, without Tim Armstrong and Matt Freeman and Lars Fredrickson and Brett Reed. Just really amazing people, amazing music. Here's one more song. We 
got the music, why I got a place to go? When I got the music, why I got a place to go? Why I got a place, why I got a place, why I got a place to go? When I got the music, why I got a place to go? When I got the music, I got a place to go. When I got the music, All right, that is going to do it for this episode 51. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to put a condom on it and make sure this episode doesn't get anybody pregnant. That's what I always am talking about when I say wrap it up. I don't want you guys to get confused. I want to clarify. I want you to know what's going on. I'm here for you. It was a little short episode, but it was a musically involved episode, and that's what we go for here, because we've had a lot of movie episodes over the course of the last, what, nine or ten? October was a long month with a lot of terrible horror movies. And now we are in November, and we are changing it up. Here's some music. I think we're going to be discussing home movies later this month, because the videos you get on your iPhone don't compare to the videos you did on a vhsc camcorder that your parents had y'all know what i'm talking about but we have a lot of fun stuff coming up and i got some fun guests to join me later in this month so keep on listening keep on giving me feedback thank you for the emails you guys have been giving me uh the the comments on instagram and and facebook i love hearing them i love hearing from you guys keep it up you can write me at beers and 90s at gmail.com and follow us, comment, ask questions, recommend beers, do whatever you want to do at Beers and 90s on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, B-E-E-R-S-A-N-D-9-0-S. That's about it. I got a little bit more of this porter to drink. It was a 22 ounce. Leave me alone. I can't just down it, okay? And uh, that's about it. I'd like to say what the hell to Chad, who ghosted me today, calling you out permanently. This podcast will never be deleted. And you guys have a wonderful day or evening or work day or whenever you're listening to this. I hope the next period of time between now and the next episode is awesome for you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.